0: Thursday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek, and I am actually in Wellington, Florida today.
2: And I'm Lisa Graham. I am in Watseeka, Illinois, and you are listening to a special Draft Horse episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, presented by the Draft Horse Journal for March 1st, 2018. Our episode today is number 1883. This episode is brought to you by the World Clydesdale Show. Good morning, heavy horse world. Mm, wow, that's a pretty big butt. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Percherons in the arena.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. As you can see, Jennifer is doing double duty because I am not in the studio today. So she has to actually run back and forth between studios and sometimes gets lost uh, on the well, way. Well,
2: and we have to have that opener because that's the best part of that's the show. the best show, part right? of the that's show. It's right? my favorite.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. Big I literally was... Yeah, I was literally in a Mexican restaurant last night having dinner with some friends, and I said the show's tomorrow, and this is my favorite part, and I made them listen to that, and they (laughs) kind of we all honed it for the rest of the meal. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, as you probably guessed, this is the Draft
0: Horse episode. We are here once a month on the first Thursday of every month. I've been for a very long time. I am down in Wellington. I have some sales calls to do down here today. I'm going to be over visiting also our host of the Dressage Radio Show, Reese Koffler Stanfield. We'll be seeing her over at the showgrounds today. I think she's showing, so I might get to see her ride. And, of course, Wellington is the hub of everything uh, jumper, hunter, and dressage in the winter. So that's where I'm at. It's absolutely beautiful here today. And uh, I assume you're drying out up there in Wasika from the massive flooding, or are you still flooding?
2: Well, it is raining again today, and wow. I cannot express the, the way our town looks. It looks like just a disaster. I mean, we're a small town, 5,600 people, and we've had over 200 homes that were flooded. And like our local McDonald's, the water was at the counter. It our town has just been devastated again and raining again today, roads still shut down. Um, it's it's just Mother Nature's not been very
0: kind to us. I saw the pictures that yeah. you took of town and the McDonald's there, and it was just crazy. I mean, crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's happened in the past. It's you know, we're a small town USA. They're not gonna put a lot of money into fixing a lot of the locks and things, but gosh, those people they just get a, rebuilt and they build their house high and, and it hits again. So it's is this a, bad a small
0: deal. river, a bad major deal. river, or just general flooding, or what happens?
2: It is a small river that feeds into the Mississippi, the Illinois, and the Mississippi rivers. And once we get all this rain, there's just nowhere for it to go. It just comes into town and it really just devastates the entire area. Mm. So it's been bad. Our but on a positive great. note, yeah, I I did get to come down to Florida for just a wee bit and enjoy your beautiful sunshine. I was down there for the American Shire Horse Association annual meeting. It was held in Tampa. The good news is we got to go to Florida. The bad news is we didn't really leave the hotel. You know, when you're in those meetings and you're in a time crunch, I mean, I literally did not leave the hotel other than to go to two restaurants and to the airport, so Kind of a bummer, I didn't get to see the beach or anything, but had a great time at the Shire meeting. It's really a good group of people coming together. Uh, they made a couple additions to their board of directors. They added Dean Jensen and Wayne Waring to their board of directors, and it's a it's a good group that's moving forward and promoting the Shire horse. So great turnout in Tampa.
0: Well, cool. I'm glad you got to come visit, and it, it certainly has been nice weatherwise. I'm sorry you didn't get to go out and go down uh, go down to the beach. You were so close.
2: (laughs) I can almost smell the water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You were very close.
2: Well, what is coming up on today's show? We uh, We have guests and lots of stuff going on. We do. We have some exciting guests today, some industry leaders. We have Josh Mitchell, who is in charge of the Express Clydesdales in Yukon, Oklahoma. And I always say that Yukon, Oklahoma used to be famous for Garth Brooks. And then Mr. Bob Funk came to town with the Black Clydesdales. And so Yukon now is synonymous with the Black Clydesdales and the Express Clydesdale Hitch. Also, we are going to be talking with Jane Gray. And Jane is a lady that wears a multitude of hats. She is, first off, she is a family woman. She is a CPA by trade. And then she is so active in the Perchran industry that it's it's just phenomenal how much she puts into the Percheron horses. She's president of your Percheron association. She's the chairperson for the World Percheron Congress that will be happening in October, and she is a very active owner in the draft horse industry. So those are our guests coming up, but we have some exciting things to talk about after our next break, and that is that Mid America Horse Sale. The- Gordyville sale, which was held last week. Holy cow! Did they set some standards? They set some records. It, it was an overall tremendous sale. So we'll talk about Gordyville in just a few minutes.
0: Very good. And of course, the, um well, you want to talk about it now?
2: Well, sure. Yeah, because let's talk about I, it now. I, I was trying to Before print. I was trying to print off some of my figures today because. It was phenomenal. It it is a once a once a year. It's in February. It's in a little town. Uh, it's called Gordyville because Gordy Hennigan was the man who created the sale arena. And the sale arena is all inclusive. You can have the horses stalled, you can drive the horses, and you have the sale ring all inside one building. Then there's a vendor's building, there's a restaurant. It's just all inclusive. It's your one-stop draft tour shopping. And I am telling you, Glenn, they rang the bell. They sold some top-dollar horses. They sold a mare, uh, a pertron mayor Mare, for $87,000. She was at the beginning of the sale. She kind of was an exciting—when she came in, she had a lot of presence. She had a lot of style, and we all knew she was going to go high, but $87,000 rang her bell, and all of the sale prices were good. I mean, from the young horses— the, the yearlings and the two-year-olds all the way up to the mature horses, all the prices were good. And then we come to the gelding division and all the geldings sell together. All of a sudden there was a lot of excitement about this certain gelding and he ended up selling for $86,000. So wow. I'm telling you the highs of that sale were phenomenal. Um, 20 horses brought over $20,000 each. And I was looking at, at, the, the overall report, and they said that they sold 278 horses, were sold, and they averaged almost $9,000. Mm. So, again, that's including the youngsters, the olders. Um, what a sale. We have to take our hats off to Vernon and Virgil. They did a great job, as always, and a, a good selection of horses. And this is a sale that really does set the bar for all of the other draft horse events. Didn't you tell us your son was bringing some horses to the sale? Was it this <laughs> sale? Yes, that was this sale, it, and he did a great job. He got some top dollars for his. He he had a great sh- great sale, but the funny part is we are probably the closest consigners to the sale barn. We're literally forty five minutes away. We went in on Monday to set up because he had six horses going, and and we wanted to get the stall set up and bedded and everything. So on Tuesday we could just bring horses in. Well, I was also taking. Um, the World Perchardt store, all the merchandise for the World Perchardt Congress. So we took that down on Monday. So we were literally the first ones in the barn and in the vendor area. And then on Friday, when the hammer dropped and everybody was dispersing and leaving, we were at five o'clock Friday night, the last two trucks and trailers to leave the facility. And I said, (laughs) this is crazy. What, we're, next thing, we're going to have to be buying a semi because we were the first in and the last out and we're the closest. But, you know, we we had a great sale. And for my booth, I, I know the Clydesdale store and more, but, we, you know, we do feature the Pertrin Congress merchandise. And we're ex- excited this year that we have the Belgian uh, championship clothing. So we had all that set up and just got to meet some neat people and and visit with people that are friends with us on Facebook. So, yeah, on a personal note, Austin and I had a great sale, too. And this is a sale that we're thankful is in our back door.
0: And, you know, that's quite incredible. I don't want to underplay what your son has done. He's like
2: 18, 19 years old. He's 17.
0: <laughs> and here yeah. he is doing what he's done. There aren't too many 17-year-olds that have had the success he has had in business.
2: Well, and he and he does turn 18 on Sunday. And I don't know how that happened because, you know, I'm still 29. I don't know how he turned 18. But, yeah, I'm lucky to have a good kid.
0: Does he drive the
2: rig and everything, too? He has his own. Yeah, he has his own truck and trailer. So um, I would I want to go back and, and correct myself on some of these pr- Prices I gave you the overall average was over nine thousand. It was ninety one hundred dollars was the average price. The average gelding again going back to young horses and older horses all alike. The average gelding price was ninety five hundred dollars. So Jeez. that is setting industry standards. But if you go back to the Percheron mares, if you had a Percheron mayor at Gordyville, the average price was 11, was eleven thousand one hundred dollars. So wow. again, hats. Hats off to all of the staff that work so hard there. Uh, great, great group of people, and I know they're already anticipating next year's sale.
0: It does sound like there's there's not a lot of no sales at this auction.
2: No, no, not a lot. Um, there were a few horses that didn't get to come for, I don't know if they were, uh, you know, medical reasons or what. But if you're consigned to Gordyville, you're going to sell because you know the prices are there, the buyers are there, and it's going to be a tr- Tremendous sale each year.
0: Well, that's good because a lot of auctions you go to, that you know, there's so many no sales, it almost gets no fun anymore. It's like you well, you, you, sit, yeah. you sit there. Well, and,
2: and... Well, if you if you look through the sale catalog and you have your heart on a horse, and then you go there and that horse has been sold privately or not there, it, it does mm-hmm. kind of take the wind out of your sail.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially and with a big only sale, 15 no
2: sales. Yeah, and only 15 no sales at that show. So wow, or at that sales so yeah and it, that it can was be people, it was a good one
0: for those that haven't gone to an auction that can be people who have a minimum price on their horse they want to get and it doesn't come up to that price and then it goes to no sale right. too in a lot of cases you can sell it to the highest bidder later uh, some sales yeah, allow actually that, so don't but.
2: yeah they can go back and talk a lot of the sales you can go back and talk with the person that had the last bid or, and they can go back and talk with the seller and they'll come to a, an agreement Agreement because if you had put that much time into getting a horse ready, you're, you know, you're going to be open to suggestions on what they want to give you. And, you know, you might not get what you want in the arena, but a lot of times you can sell it in back in the stalls and, and move your horse on down.
0: Terrific. And I don't know if Jennifer has our guest ready or not, but uh, while she is getting the guest ready, I do want to tell you about the World Percheron Congress. Once again, America is hosting the greatest of events for the world's most popular draft horse. And you heard about the prices of a couple of them there. The World Percheron Congress is returning to Iowa on October 8th through the 13th at the historic Iowa State Fairgrounds. And I just saw, and I forget what publication it was, you probably saw it too, that Iowa was listed as the best state in the United States to live in for like a they had like 35 criteria and Iowa was listed number one. I saw that. Yeah. The World Congress celebrates and honors the great breed's history, versatility, power, and intelligence by showcasing it in every way imaginable. The Pee Wee show, Showmanship class will have you in stitches and the Drive for the Cure Charity Cart class will have you in tears as the arena turns pink in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Vendors from Harness Shop's to to artists, to everything in between will have something for everyone. The Percheron Horse Association of America invites you and your family to become to be part of the largest gathering of Percheron Draft Horses anywhere, anytime. It's like an event like you've never seen before, and it is. I was at the last one. It is a lot of fun. For more details, a complete schedule, and to buy your World Percheron Congress merchandise, visit them on the web at worldpercheroncongress.us. For Facebook, World Percheron Congress, or visit Lisa at the Clydesdale store and more. And so keep that in mind and keep those dates in mind, October 8th through the 13th at Us And our guest is ready. Speaking of Percherons.
2: Well, I let into our our guest earlier, give you a little shine into the light of Jane Grape, but I I cannot express enough what passion that Jane has for the draft force industry in the Pertrins, Jane lives in Harrison, Maine. She is a great distance away from a lot of our shows, but you will always see her smiling face at the sales and at the shows. Uh, She is deeply invested in the Pertrin business. She is an exhibitor. She's a breeder. She is your lady president of the Pertrin Association of America, and she is the chairperson of the upcoming World Pertrin Congress that Glenn just talked about. So as you can see, her resume is second to none when it comes to our draft horse industry. So good morning, Jane. How are things in Maine? Good morning. They're going to be 40 today. We're having a heat wave. (laughs) Well, you were out here and you were part of the Gordyville, uh mudslides and the, and the rain and everything that come <laughs> down. So we did get a chance to see you, but it was not good conditions for weather in Illinois.
3: At least we were inside.
2: <laughs> yeah, I said that. I said that sail arena is good because it encloses everybody. And once you're there, you're there for the day. Uh, um, so we're going to go back and I kind of want to go to the beginning about when I talk about your resume and your involvement I don't know how you have any time to sleep between your family and your jobs. And then we call your jobs with the Perchard Association and the Congress. Where do you find time to juggle all of this in a, in a normal day for Jane Gray?
3: Well, I spend a certain amount of time, uh, working on each. I start real early in the morning. Some of the people that get emails from me know that they might be timed at, uh, four in the morning. So I get up and I get a good start on things and take care of a lot of it before the phone starts ringing. Go out and do chores, um, do what I need to do with the horses and come to the office and work with my tax clients and whatever forestry orders we have to process, Um, go home, do chores again, and just keep, just keep at it every day.
2: Well, I understand your job as a CPA, but I also was reading because Every time I have a guest on, I learn something new about them and I had no idea that you were in the forestry supply business. So just give us a quick shout out about what that is.
3: Well, it's uh, small handheld things such as compasses, uh, chronometers that are used uh, by surveyors and foresters working in the woods. We sell uh, forestry paint for marking trees to cut or boundaries and the uh, pretty colored flagging that you see in construction sites is another one of our products. It's all stuff that uh, we can lug easily. So um, it comes in by truck and it goes out by UPS and we don't see too many people in here after it. It's kind of invisible to most people.
2: Well, I, I see a whole new side of you. I had no idea that you were an expert at forestry as well, but we're going to talk about draft horses. <laughs> and I think one thing that is, that is fun is that you actually started with Belgian draft horses instead of the Perchrans. So tell us a little bit how you went from Belgians to being one of the most enthusiastic supporters of the Perchrans.
3: Well, I actually uh, got a little earlier start than that. Um, um, as a kid, little kid, um, I was at my grandparents' a lot, and they had a favorite old workhorse Um Mayor mare named Lady, and that was really my start. But when I got a chance to, to have my own horses, it was Belgians, and that was um, what was available. Well, it was, there are more of them in New England than there are Bertrands, for sure. Um, and then my husband came along, and uh, we decided to get together, and he had more Bertrands than I had Belgians, and so the Bertrands won out, and they're still here, and there are no Belgians on the farm anymore.
2: <laughs> and what a difference you've made in our world. So we're we're going to talk about that a little bit. You actually right now have two operations under the name of Tripcrest Farms. And Tripcrest, do you want to tell us where that name, how how you came up with Tripcrest?
3: Well, my husband's name was Dwight Trip, most people know him as. And he raised uh, Holstein for a long time. And his farm and mine was at the top of a hill. And he called it Tripcrest. So that prefix came along with his horses. We've continued on under it. Um, I get asked that question a lot because I can't seem to relate that to to Jane Gray, and I understand that. So that's (laughs) uh, that's where that came from.
2: (laughs) Well, I think Um, one thing that is unique. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: I said we do have um, two sets of horses, uh, the ones that are worldwide competitive that stay with Chad and Ronder, and uh, as they age out of that group, uh, we breed them, and they come here to Maine, and uh, it improves what we have going here. What uh, Pete and I always had for a plan was that as those mares came out of that hitch down there, we'd breed them, and that we should be able to produce something near their quality, if not better. However, some of those mares have stayed in that hitch a whole lot longer than we ever planned on, and the plan... (laughs) To have some youngsters out of them is going a little bit slow, but it's getting, we're gaining a little bit on it. I think I'll have another one or so coming up after we're done this year. So that's um, that picture, of course, is the one that most everybody sees. The uh, other group that we have in Maine here, um, basically, we just campaign around Maine because that's where all the shows that fit into our schedule are. And we sold, I sold a number of horses a couple of years ago, so we don't have a six yet, but we're growing back up into it. Should have probably told the guy that drives that first before I announced it on here. But anyway, <laughs> um, we'll have some, uh, we're, we're growing up enough. We've got enough youngsters to fit into there so that um, I think we can come back to another six here. We've been having a four the last couple of years, but we'll grow back up there.
2: I see. And for our listeners that aren't familiar with the names, you are again in Maine and it is Chad and Rhonda Cole that are living in Pennsylvania that campaigned the Tripcrest mayors and they have done a phenomenal job for you. You have been a participant at several of the Congresses having won the world champion mayor six horse hitch once and coming in as the reserve champion the next time. So how is that experience helping to guide you into chairing? what we are going to call one of the most memorable draft horse events of our times, that being the upcoming world percher Congress here in the Midwest in Des Moines. So you've been a participant. How is that helping to guide you as a leader in this event?
3: Well, I think that only kind of scratched the surface. You know, I know who the people are. I know what the classes are, but to uh, get behind the scenes and actually have to do the planning is a whole different deal. And I have certainly, uh, uh, worked with a, a lot of people, and we've worked very, very hard to put this together. We still are. Um, so at least the experience of knowing what to begin with was a starter. Albert clevy has been an immense help as far as um, what he's been able to relay to me on, what the process is, what we're going to go through. Um, so that's basically, um, I think it's was a help. Um, I kind of enjoyed being a participant. I didn't know what it was going to be like to be behind the scenes, but I sure am finding out.
2: Well, it, there's just so much to do. People don't understand that the amount of work, it, it's kind of like that duck. It floats smooth on the top, but it's paddling like crazy underneath because there are so many people coming. There are so many horses coming. And I think one thing is when you have it here in the Midwest, going back to Des Moines, you have so many supporters of the community that are coming to watch it. And so I don't think we're going to have to worry about attendance because it. Is re- literally one of the most talked about shows coming up.
3: So I'm finding out from the email questions I get.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and another thing we can give a shout out that the the online book has now been put out on the Facebook pages and people can go in and, and see the rules, the dates, see when everything is due. And I know just this week I had a couple texts just saying, hey, do you know when entries are due or when they're posted? And so there is a lot of buzz out there people are wanting to get in get their entries in to ensure that 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 they are going to be there um one thing another thing we're we're going to talk about is
3: we're having a lot of interest as far as ticket sales for it also and i was talking with stacy lynch yesterday about who's managing that program it's supposed to go live today i didn't check first thing this morning I hope it is. If it's not, it will be in the next day or so to be able to buy your tickets for the Congress online through our website.
2: Wow. Wow. And you know, we're gonna be showcasing most of the events in the Jacobson Center. And it doesn't have it, it's a beautiful facility, it doesn't have a lot of seating. So I do encourage anybody, if you're going to be there, become a stable mate. That's one way. Um if you want to ensure that you're gonna have a seat and be a participant, become a stable mate. It's just two hundred dollars. You can go online and, and find That, But that's going to help to ensure you have a seat. And now if you're saying that we're doing online ticket sales, that's just another step. And I think what is very interesting about this Congress is we're becoming very modern. We're using Facebook. We're using apps. We're using online, um, different activities online. So we're really bringing these shows into a modern way.
3: Yes, all of our uh, entry information is going to be processed online. People either enter it that way or get their uh, grandchild to do it for them or something like that. Uh, We are very much (laughs) discouraging paper entries, though we will take them. But um, that whole process is very automated. And as the results are posted, it will go out automatically on Facebook. So we're continuing the social media effect that way, too.
2: Sure. So... As chairman of this event, we've said this is a big role to fill being the chairman. But I want to go back and talk a little bit about your work with the association because you are the president of the Perch and Horse Association. And how long has it been or ever since there's been a lady take the reins of the association?
3: They tell me I am the first.
2: Wow. You, you are said you. You are setting some big some big paces out there for everyone, Jane. So tell us about your involvement <laughs> with, with the association. Again, I say you're in Maine, you're on the Far East, but you stay very, very active in this group and you have a good board of directors and give us a little idea on what your board is working on now to help the Percher Horse. Well, I
3: think some of the things that we're working on very, very hard are becoming um, or trying to keep. The farm event is very active so that we can be sure to keep that group of owners involved. We have a big following event going on in uh, Illinois uh, a little bit later this year that Ken Pimental, one of our directors, is chairing. And um, that hopefully will bring, I understand it's a big following event to begin with, but when we add this into it, it should be even better. Uh, we're trying to keep people in the know, in the patron news, with activities that come out, are happening all across the country. Of course, social media makes that a lot easier to communicate that way. Um, we're working, of course, the whole board working on uh, what it takes to make this Congress happen. And there are just a lot of things that are sitting there for us to work with. And youth is always something that we are trying to come up with better means to keep people involved. The um, digital horses is working, I have had more access to it maybe than some folks have, and I got to put my stallion's um, stud report in for who we bred last year, and it was pretty easy, I'm pretty impressed, I've done some searches on there, so I'm pretty excited once we get this rolled out for everybody that that's going to provide a wealth of information for
2: everybody. So, I see those things as uh, positives for the, for the Perchard Association. Yep, I, I agree, and that new your new um, way of registering horses and your online registry is amazing. I got to see Stacy. She was representing the Perchard Association down in Tampa and, and showing the Shire Association how it works and then at Gordyville as well, Stacy had a booth set up with um, your new software and, and showing people exactly how they can trace their horses and register their horses so easily. So that is again that is something that our association for the Perchons need to be very proud of because it's it's a great great way to keep up to date with your horses. And I was laughing when we got our pre-show notes about what we were going to talk about. It says ask Jane what her favorite event or competition is or what she's excited <laughs> about. And and I I felt like I need to answer that for you because I know when I, I was doing right. the, I was doing, well, I'm I'm hoping I'm going in the right direction, but when I was putting together your pictures to, to put on Facebook to say that you were going to be on the show, one picture stood out and I've had several comments, private message to me, but it was the drive for the cure class when we were out in Massachusetts for the 2010 or for the uh, last Congress. You participated in the Drive for the Cure class, and you had yourself, your rider, and your horse all decked out in pink. And I know that that is a class that you are passionate about. So I hope I'm not talking off-term, but I think that's going to be one of your favorite classes to come.
3: Well, it is. And um, my gal, Evelyn Pike, is going to be a four-year survivor this year of breast cancer. And um, we're liable to do something. I I don't think I'm going to find the pink hair again, but uh, I'm liable (laughs) to do something. (laughs) The other classes that I'm very excited about um, are the jackpot two-year-old classes because I think it gets great exposure for these young animals that are going to go to, could go to a sale in 2019 to get some exposure to people that might be interested in them. And it's always a challenge to see what two-year-olds are going to amount to either in Halter or, um, and the other part of theirs is the cart class. Uh, we have one at home we're working with here. Um, I don't know whether she's going to make it or not, but we're sure going to try. Uh, it's a long haul to get her from here to Iowa, too, so and that, um, She's going to have to be pretty good before I'm going to let her get on the trailer. The other class is, <laughs> there are two other classes that I particularly like the extremes that they show. It's the Kiwi Showmanship. Um, Under nine, going to have a responsible adult with them. And I hear there are just a bundle of little folks out there who haven't been able to show that maybe their older siblings have been able to, and they're just dying to do this. Um, One of Lindsay Lane's kids, the younger one, is pretty excited about this. So it's fun to share in that. And right after that class is the not-so-junior team driving class, which is for some of us folks that are over 65 to show the contrast between the ages of how good a perturine can work no matter what the age is, as long as you have the right one for that. And without saying it, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, um, of course, I love the sixes and the eights, the multiples, the fours, the unicorns, and, and you get into those bigger hitches, and they just make my heart go bang because I love, just love them. And it's so emotional for me to see, particularly the mares, because that's what I like best. Um, get out there and just do their thing.
2: I love it. Well, and that's one question that I have is the six horse hitches are favorites for most people, but what in the world ever possessed you to, to have two six horse hitches? You're talking about building one in Massachusetts and you have Chad and Rhonda with the trip press mayors. How did you come up with the idea that my day is not busy enough that I'm going to hook two sixes?
3: Well, when we got involved, when Pete and I got involved with uh, Chad and Rhonda um, with taking the best of the horses out of our hitch and getting a few more to go with it, we had this group from Maine who had always been part of it and uh, very enthusiastic. They, they Some of the, the furthest ones away live an hour and a half away and they come over every weekend. And I didn't, neither one of us wanted to put quit showing here in Maine and show support for the horses here, uh, particularly not to take it away from those young people um, just because we are sending the best of them away. They're always lobbying to get some of those best ones back, but we don't do that too often. So that's why we continued Mm -hmm. with two. um, And these people are still very active. We gained another couple this year that um, are going to be very, very active with us. Our grandchildren here, they're active.
2: Um, we just couldn't put it here. Right. Well, I understand, but your time in the breeding season, it gets limited as well, because as I'm reading all through my notes and everything, and it says you are the one back home that are working with the mares and doing your own ultrasounding. And is there anything that with those horses that you don't do that you aren't a hands on owner with? I don't. True. You don't shoe. (laughs) Well, that's kind of a good thing. But, you know, I'm impressed to know that you do your own ultrasounding and you have that equipment there. And how many foals will you have at your place this year?
3: Well, if everything goes right, we'll have five here. We have uh, one down at coals already and another one coming later on. So if, if keeping my fingers crossed, we'll have seven before we're done.
2: Wow, and you talk about your partnership with Chad and Rhonda. How did how did that start? How did you find this outstanding couple from Pennsylvania to be a, an arm or an extension of the main family that you are showcasing the horses? With? How how did that partnership come together?
3: Well, it was kind of a fluke to begin with. I called Rhonda for semen one day, and um, we were carrying on about that what I wanted and who I was breeding that kind of thing. And she said, um, in reference to the 2010 Congress, where are we going? And I s- kind of chuckled and I said, well, the people are, but the horses aren't. And she kind of chuckled back at me and she said, my husband thinks he'd like to take your horses to that show. <laughs> I said, Boy, well, if this never goes any you better be serious about this, but if it ever never goes any further, it's an extreme compliment. So that was the start of it right there. They came up, we, uh. Pete and I looked around, found some more horses that we needed to really strengthen it.
2: And we've been with them ever since. Wow. And and it's been a great partnership. Yeah. A great partnership with lots of championships and well, Glenn and I talked earlier about the Gordyville sale, the mid America draft horse sale, and there's no way I'm going to let you off the line without talking to you about your purchase there. And I was teasing Glenn when we were talking in our pre-show about I don't think I've ever seen one one bid by a horse. Just come in, bid once, and get the horse. But um, you stirred up a lot of excitement there. You and Chad were the final bidder, the one-time final bidder on the mare that, that topped the sale at $87,000. So what did you see in this mare that said, we're going to bid on her. And and why did, the question I know a lot of people are asking, why did you let it go so long before you put that bid in?
3: Well, the reason we went so long was because we just didn't get over there in time. Chad had a horse that was <laughs> coming a little bit further in line up, was working on it. We were kind of just dubbing our way over there, and we didn't get there until then. That was, she almost got away from us, let's put it that way. But uh, we had watched her, Chad makes trips to the Midwest um, in January to see what's out there. And we had this one in our sights right to begin with. We had several, but this one particularly. Um, and we watched her drive. She has a tremendous length of neck. So once you get that collar on, you've still got a lot of neck. She uses her ears. Uh, she's very attentive. She has great movement. Um, the profile view to me is just one I can't forget. She's just... Uh, tall, uh, correct all over. Um, just one of the nicest ones I've ever seen. And I would rather be driving her than having somebody else own her and be driving against her. That's for sure. <laughs> well,
2: she is. she's caused a lot of excitement. And where is she going to go in your hitch? And are we going to see her at the World Purchasing Congress?
3: Well, she's a three-year-old. Uh, you never know quite what they're going to do, but we think she's mentally there, and I believe from what we we're looking at the silver spot, she's going to go right behind Rose in the swing.
2: So she she has found too. sure. Well, she is she has found her her spot and. Again, it caused a lot of excitement. I know that person that was the backup bidder has to be shaking their head and saying, "Where did that come from?" And I'm glad that the auctioneer found you. <laughs> that you know, at Gordyville, it gets a little congested. Uh, it takes a lot to get up to the ring because it's a small arena with thousands of people trying trying to get around it. So I'm so I'm glad you got up to the arena to get to get the bid on her. Um, well, we're about morning, running out morning, of time,
3: Vernon. Vernon knew we were looking at her too, pretty seriously. So he was kind of looking for us. And I think
2: maybe he's the when we finally showed up too, you know? Oh, Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm betting so too, but as I said, we're going to, we're going to come to a close and I just think that you are, are just such a great enthusiast and supporter of our draft horse industry. And I know that you're there cheering for all of the breeds. You started with the Belgians working now with some of the top notch pertains in our industry. And you you just are an amazing lady, and, and I'm glad that we're friends, and I'm glad that we get to talk to you. And if people want to find out more about TripCrest or you or the Congress, can you give us some details on, on how they can find you?
3: Um, we do have a webpage, so we haven't updated it much lately, that's tripcrestfarm.com. Uh, we have one on Facebook uh, Great Forestry Supply has, which is the forestry business, has its own web page. I don't have any from the C- for the CPA practice because we get good referrals from good clients, and that's how we get those people. So we kind of stay under the under the radar on that one. And my cell phone number is certainly out there. People call it all the time, 207-754-6397. It's published in all the purchase stuff. It's not a private event, that's for sure. Any of those will work.
2: And, of course, we can follow on congress.us and Jane plays an active role in that. And I know you're always looking for volunteers, you're looking for uh, suggestions, help, anything to help with that Pertran Association and with the Pertran Congress to make it the best event ever. So, Jane, I hope you have a great day. I'm sure we're keeping you from a multitude of things out there. But, again, our hat's off to you for just being a great supporter of our draft horse industry.
3: Well, thank
0: you.
2: Well, Glenn, all she's right. probably done more this morning than we've done all day. <laughs>
0: exactly. I was I was feeling lazy, actually. I was listening to her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were awful quiet there. You were still thinking about $87,000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well,
0: you, let's talk a little bit about the Clydesdale store and more.com. What do you got going on over there. I really like, by the way, the Youth American Flag Tees.
2: Yes. Those yes. are really I Those I are said, cool. I think I said, I think. I think I sent you one. You did. I?
0: You did send me one wow. of those. And I like the youth versions, too, because I, I noticed those were right on the homepage.
2: Absolutely. And then, you know, we have some exciting things. Our jewelry right now. We just had a, uh, Judy Broadlin, a professional photographer, came in and captured our jewelry so that we can start putting out the, the sterling silver jewelry. It's always been hard. And I try to sell things that I think is hard to find. And draft horse jewelry was a hard hard one to find with the scotch bottom shoes you could always find the light horse stuff but so our jewelry right now is phenomenal and once again the hats if you're looking for a driving hat we have had such a fun time we sold almost 50 hats at gordyville and people were saying oh are these for the derby or are these for driving and hey they can be for anything you want them to be They're very inexpensive. They're very classy. And the gentlemen sitting around us were just laughing every day. Jim Hilgendorf um, was sitting next to us with his display. And he'd say, well, how many hats did you sell today? And I'd say, you know, 20 today or 15 today. And he'd just get laughing. I'm looking here, and I've seen hats. I've been
0: going to many driving events, and I've seen lots of hats. And what we're talking about is the fancy women's hats. We're not talking about baseball hats here. So we're talking about the fancy right. women's hats, the kind you would see right. at the at, uh, Kentucky Derby. And uh, fascinators, right. too, and things like that. These prices are ridiculous. No wonder you sell so many. <laughs> Usually, if you see these, I, when I see them out and about, like Live Oak International is coming up. And the hat people will be, there will be a couple hat people there. And they'll be $200. And yours are 30
2: I mean, it's ridiculous. I know. I know, and we've added another line, which is step up, and they're sixty dollars. So oh, even yeah, our okay. highest priced hat. <laughs> so I might have to load my trailer with hats and come down to Florida for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that's in the future, and I'm going to start publicizing this this week, is I have decided that the draft horse industry—it's time to have a cookbook. Ah. And I am going to be creating a cookbook. Yay, a cookbook! Cooking for the horses or the people? I know. It's for the people, but there's going to be a whole section that is dedicated to cooking at the horse shows. Because many of us that are living in the stalls, living with the crockpots, the new Instapots, we need those meals that are quick and easy. But you get so tired of eating fair food and corn dogs and something. You know, all the shows I do. You're, you're doing the fried foods and anything on a stick. So I am going to be working on a cookbook, and I'm going to add the draft horses into it. I'm going to be working with photographers and artists, and we're going to put out a book that, that everybody's going to want to have. So we're looking for that at the end of October to be out and be available. So as always, we have tons of clothing, and I am so honored for my store, which we started um, two years ago. We are now having the merchandise to, provo- to promote the upcoming uh, World Clydesdale Show. We have the official merchandise for the World Portrait Congress, and we are now also carrying the items for the North American Belgian Championship Number 9, which is the Belgian World Show that will be held in London in 2020. So you are fully dressed, whether whatever breed you want to promote or support. We have the clothing for all of the upcoming World Show, so I'm I'm very fortunate. Got a got a great, great group of supporters, and it's it's grown phenomenal. So I thank everybody for that. And you can always find us online. We have our website for the Clydesdale cl- and the generic clothes are at www.theclydesdalestoreandmore.com. And then if you want to focus on the Pertrin Congress clothing, we have www. WPC store and more.com. And those have links where you can bounce back and forth. So if you're looking for Shires, Belgian, Pertrand, Clydesdales, we have all that you need.
0: Very good. While well, Jennifer is uh, working on getting our next guest on, I wanted to tell you about another horse sale coming up, and that's the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale. is the longest running and largest public draft horse auction in existence. When it began back in 1948, it was the only venue of its kind, and today it remains the draft horse market to which others are compared. Held each spring and fall, it's far more than an auction; it's a great tra- tradition. Nowhere can a more well broke, well matched teams very make, model, and color be found. Uh, the crew over there in the heart of horse country on April 3rd through the 6th, they're going to be offering all kinds of horse-drawn tack, equipment, collectibles, several hundred head of horses, including some of the finest draft teams in North America. Every size, style, and color, including draft crosses, mules, light driving teams, ponies, and miniatures can be found at the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale. It runs, as we said, over four days from April 3rd through April the sixth. It's, uh, the fall assignments uh, deadline has passed. Well, actually, would it be the spring? The spring, yeah, this should be the spring. Um, <clears throat> the spring consignment deadline is passed. Consignments will be accepted though right up to the sale time. Check out our online catalog for more information on the largest consignment auction of its kind. Visit waverlysales.com. That's waverlysales.com, or on Facebook, Waverly Midwest Horse Sale, or you can give them a call at three one nine three five two two eight. Oh, four! If you've never been to a draft horse sale and you don't even plan on buying one, go anyway. It is just
2: a spectacle. <laughs> it's just something to see. Oh, well, uh, well, and. Absolutely, and that's what this Gordyville is. If you, we always seem to be, to migrate to food, but oh my gosh, the food at Gordyville! The, the the Amish ladies make all the fried pies, and there's a steakhouse restaurant that it is, is attached, and you can watch tax sale, the horses sale, shop the vendor areas. It is an event. I mean, and there are so many people that come just for the social part of it that they have no intentions of buying anything or even getting a bidder number, but They come because of the social aspect and to watch every horse, you know, whether that horse brings 2,000 or or 87,000 people have put work into bringing these horses to the sales and Waverly, every sale kind of has its points. Waverly is known for its well, well broke teams. If you're looking for farm teams, pleasure teams, um, just a team that you could hook up and take with your family down you know, just for a Sunday drive. That is what they are known for, as well as pulling horses. You'd be surprised at the number of high-priced pulling horses that go through Waverly. So every sale has something that stands out, that sets them apart. And like you said, it is a social event.
0: Well, very good. Well, While Jennifer is working on getting our next guest on board, why don't we talk about all the different things are, that are coming up in March? It is a busy time for the draft horse world starting in March and then through April and then through the rest of the year. But March has a lot of stuff going on all over the country.
1: It
2: is. It's like the March madness. It's all, all in full swing. The market's hot. I mean, we started out with Gordyville and, and that Pennsylvania sale. It's going to set some high prices and set some paces. If you are in Ohio, March 3rd is the LaRue Horse and Tack Sale. March 5th through the 10th is the Mid-Ohio Draft Horse and Carriage Sale. That is in Mount Hope. That is another one. If you are in that Mount Hope area, good horses and a good gathering of folks go down there to put on that Mid-Ohio Draft Horse Sale. The Southern Indiana Draft Horse and Carriage Auction is in Montgomery, Indiana. That's March 7th and 9th. March 7th through 10th is the Boone County Draft Horse Sale. That is in Sedalia, Missouri. You're going to see lots of, of good workhorses go through there, as well as mules. And then March 13th through the 14th it is the Keystone Draft Horse Sale in Center Hall, Pennsylvania. This is a new sale um, from the talk that I've heard. It, it is a phenomenal facility, all under one roof. Um, great, great venue to, to showcase the draft horses, and it is the first ever keystone draft horse sale in center hall march 20th through 23rd to the 23rd we come back to the hoosier state that is topeka draft horse carriage and equipment auction That is in Topeka, Indiana. This has been a tradition for decades for all of us that live in the Midwest area. And a lot of Canadians come down to that one. But that is another one where they have upgraded their facilities. They have made their sale arena bigger, more brighter, more seating. The area where the horses come in used to kind of be a cluster. You always wondered how no one was kicked or injured. They have totally redone the sale facility. It is it is hot, and Topeka is known again for workhorses. If you are looking for well-broke teams, um, that's the place to be. The Topeka Draft Horse Carriage and Equipment Auction, March 20th through the 23rd. We will also have at the 23rd through the 24th the Dixie Draft Horse Auction in North Carolina. If you are in near the Troutman, North Carolina area, your Dixie Draft Horse Auction. March 26th through the 31st is the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair. It is the kickoff for the show season. If you are anywhere near Brandon, Manitoba, you can make that trip to watch the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair showcasing the draft horses, all breeds, and kicking off our show season. And then March 29th in the state of New York, Romulus, New York, is the Vineyard Road Draft Horse Sale. So all kinds of things of exciting sales and we're kicking off the show season with that Royal Manitoba Winter Fair. We've had Denver, we've had Loveland, and now we're moving to Canada up in Brandon to showcase the Royal Mount the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair. So lots happening. Very good. And your guest is ready. Well it always adds excitement to the day when the phone systems don't work. And I I got a text earlier and I got some messages on our on our Internet saying the phones were down where Josh is. So I'm glad we finally connected, and I'm excited to talk with Mr. Josh Mitchell. He is the manager and the operations manager of Express Ranch, the Express Clydesdales in Yukon, Oklahoma. He is a face that most people associate with the Black Clydesdales. If you've been to events where they are at, you will see Josh and his crew are just a phenomenal group of people to work with. I think it's very interesting that Josh started working for the Express Clydesdales when he was just 17 years old and 3 years later at the age of 20 he becomes the manager of such an amazing promotion and the Equine Horses it it's it's a story where he starts very young and he's made a mark truly in our industry where we've seen him showcase and lead the express Clydesdales to three world championship driving both the six and the eight horse hitches and also i've had a chance to name him the best driver at numerous shows across north america he and his wife laura great friends with their children and it is a family operation that travel with these Clydesdales so it's so nice to have josh joining us this morning good morning josh
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, as I said, we had a little issue with our phones. You want to tell our listeners where you are at this morning. Where where you're starting your day.
4: Yeah, um I'm I'm currently at the ranch in in Yukon, Oklahoma. Yeah, apparently we lost power last night and our phone system went down. It's all internet based, but um I think we got that all fixed up, but yeah, we've had a busy month of traveling, so I'm I'm just home for a few days before we head back out on the road.
2: Well, and I know people, when they think about the Budweiser Clydesdales, they, they know that the horses and the handlers are on the road 335, 340 days of the year. But the same kind of holds true with the Express Clydesdales because, you know, you are the equine ambassadors for Express Employment Professionals, and that takes you on the road many days of the year as well.
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, we we do about 250 days out on the road uh, annually. Um, travel. We have uh, 800 uh, express franchise uh, franchises across the country and uh, really across North America that we travel to. So we're just trying to keep up with large demand of of uh, them getting us to their market.
2: I see. So we're we are going to talk about you and your role, but we would. We would not know what to do if we did not start with Mr. Bob Funk, because he has been an icon in our industry, um, synonymous with class and the the Black Clydesdale. So let's go back to the beginning with Mr. Bob Funk. He is the president of the Express Employment Professionals. But tell me, how did he get involved with the Clydesdales?
4: Yeah, I appreciate you starting with Bob, because without Bob, I I really wouldn't be here today uh, talking to you. So I appreciate that. Um, Bob started out uh, in about 1996. Late 1996, he was at the um, uh, Canadian Western Agribition in Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, watching some cattle show, because he was uh, real heavy into the cattle at that time, but not into the horses. But he saw a team of black Clydesdales come into the ring, and he thought, well, that is unique. I've never seen that before. Um, I'd like to find out more about that. He ended up uh, getting in a conversation with a gentleman by the name of Bill Ollie up there, and and they really hit it off. And uh, he ended up commissioning Bill to, to find him some black Clydesdales, and he thought it would be fun. And then uh, later uh, came up with the idea, hey, I could use these these horses to, uh, help brand my company. So, uh, that's where we find ourselves today, but that's kind of how it all started. I mean, there's obviously been a large progression from the conception of it. So to where we are today, but, um, that's, that's where it all started up in Canada.
2: Wow. And to see it starting with just a team of horses into where you are today, as you said, 250 days on the, on the road promoting the offices of the express personnel and and what a great adventure it has been for all of you but we're going to go back now so we, we've learned about bob you know he's an icon himself but we're going to go back and talk about your background and how you grew up because rumor has it that you didn't start out with Clydesdales you you were kind of partial to another breed of horses and tell us where you grew up and what horses you were involved with.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, I never really thought I'd end up showing Clydesdales. I grew up in <laughs> Northwest Washington, and there actually is quite a few uh, draft horse teams up in the Northwest. But um, we grew up in a smaller circuit out there. We didn't make it out to the Midwest to to see some of the you know tougher competitors out there, but. We did one year make a trip to, uh, well, to Calgary, uh, Alberta for the Stampede, and that's where I uh, first met Bob. But I, I started with Belgium. Uh, we moved to a, a new location, my family, um, and I remember my dad was working on the house uh, before we actually moved in, and he, he came home that night from working on our new house that I hadn't even been to and he said you you'll never guess uh who we're going to be neighbors with and i said what what and he said well they have horses and he made me guess what kind of horses and i i had no idea <laughs> about draft horses but he started to tell me about the belgian draft horse and told me that the the this couple that we we would live next to had some belgian draft horses so I uh, once we moved in, I made a deal with her. She would teach me how to work with horses, and I would clean her stalls for free. So that's kind of where I started. I started riding horses, and then I went to a couple of draft horse shows with her. And um, eventually, uh, I remember uh, one of the draft horse shows we went to, Schaefer's Belgians were there. Um, and Gary was driving at the time. And he allowed me, I was nine years old, and he allowed me to come on board and help him, you know, get the horses ready for the hitch classes. And I remember just falling in love with the the, uh, hitching aspect of it. Um, So the next year, another family uh, by the name of um, the Fromm family, Stony Ridge Belgians, they kind of took me on and took me under their wing. And uh, from the point when I was – I was – I think 10 or 11 when I came on board with them. And uh, until I moved out here, I would spend all my summers traveling um, around to the different shows, summers and into the fall, uh, traveling to shows with them and, and learned a lot. But I, I since I grew up with Belgians, I think we all become really particular to our breed. And I remember when I met Bob at the Calgary Stampede. I was 15 years old, and he said, "Well, one day we'll get you to come out and work with some good horses." And I said, "No, no, <laughs> I'm working with good horses right now." But I, I realized later that it is important to get paid for uh, the work. So e- even <laughs> as much fun as it is, you know, you got to support your family. So,
2: well, I was I was wondering. So when you go back to Washington to visit, do you have to go to that lady's? house and clean stalls for free because she's helped to get you where you're at.
4: yeah well you know what I have <laughs> a, I have a large family I've got there's five of five brothers in my family and then all my brothers have continued to work for her and clean her stalls so after I left <laughs> left home I cleaned her stalls every day till the time I moved to express. So, yeah, but my, now currently my little, my little, little brother, he's uh, 15 years old. He's working for her. So.
2: Wow. That's, that's a neat story. and That's something we, we, a lot of us didn't know about you, but you talk about being 15 years old and you meet Bob Funk and, and he is such a statue of a man that I'm sure you didn't ever think that, okay, he's, I'm going to be his right-hand man, with the horses one day, but so you're 15 and then at age 17 you go to work for Bob and, and they express Clydesdales and that had to be a journey itself, leaving the, the Washington state. what well, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out where it's, it's mountains and you see the water and then you're going to go to Oklahoma city. And that had to be a big transition right. to leave your family and go there at age 17.
4: Yeah. I mean, God has been so gracious to me. If I would have wrote the story, it would have looked nothing like this. Even though <laughs> it was my dream to to end up here, I mean, or at a place like this. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of kids' dreams, and I just count my blessings all the time because uh, I am living my dream. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. when I was I was seventeen years old, my mom just barely let me go, but my parents were really good about letting me pursue my dreams and. I flew into the uh, national Western stock show in Denver to uh, start with express. And I was under the leadership of Don Langell at the time. And he just, he told me, you know, well, I I only need you for a month. And I think he was doing it to kind of test me out and see if I was worth hiring full time, but ended up uh, gaining my, or earning my spot full time with them and then worked three years under the leadership of Donnie and, um, I, I really wish that, uh, you know, I had to, Donnie left to spend more time at home. Um, but I really wish I had more time to work under somebody. I had to do it the hard way. It started when I was 20 and fortunately enough, Bob put his faith in me, but had to learn a lot of things the hard way on my own. Instead of somebody teaching me, I had to do it by trial and error. So. Um, that, that was one of the things that I wish I would have done or had differently is to not start out so young. And I tell all these young guys that work for me, you know, they're just eager to get out there and drive their own hitch. And I said, man, I, uh, really respect the people that spend their time under, uh, leadership and, uh, cause I, I wish I had that, you know,
3: so.
2: Right, right. Well, when you talk about writing the book and writing your story, we, we have to touch on your family because you moved to Oklahoma and you meet your beautiful wife and your family has grown. So tell us that. Did you meet her at a horse event or was she local? Tell us how, how you and your wife, Laura, met.
4: Yeah, um, well, uh, I was shoeing horses in the barn on a cold February day. Actually, my wife remembers the day very well. It was Valentine's Day. And uh, Bob had for, yeah, it it was, yeah, very romantic. I was smelling, smelling like uh, horse feet (laughs) and chewing horses, uh, dressed in ripped up clothes. So um, she was, uh, currently got hired to, Bob had a merchandise uh, line that would travel to some of the PBR and rodeo events. And she got hired just temporarily to go work that booth at the upcoming PBR in Oklahoma city. And so her boss told her to meet her at the Clydesdale barn. And, uh, apparently on the way, uh, her boss said, Hey, I'm running late, but head, head up there and talk to Josh. He'll show you around. So she walked in the barn and I dropped the, dropped the foot and said, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'd be glad to show you around. So (laughs) I, uh, followed her around all weekend and, and the rest is history, but ended up convincing her to go on a date with me. So, and then I used the horses th- to, to kind of win her over. Cause I, when we went on the first date, I took her on a ride on Hills, So, um, yeah, oh. kind of used them to my advantage. What a romantic. Her-
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now three, three kids later and a family in Oklahoma, I think your story has progressed extremely well. That has to be one of the highlights, of course, of Oklahoma. But we're, we're going to talk about some of the highlights that you've had with the Express Clydesdales. We have seen you at national shows. Um, we've seen you crowned champions. I believe um, you're the current champions. You were at the Calgary Stampede and you were crowned the world champions at the world Clydesdale shows. You are a driving force with, with the Express Clydesdales. Dales. What, what are some of the highlights that stand out in, in your memories of the Express Clydesdales? What, what stands out as some of your biggest accomplishments?
4: Yeah, I, I think, um, like the stuff that you mentioned, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have some successes in the, in the show ring and, um, at the, at the world and national level. And those are definitely some of the highlights. Um, we've, uh been part of in addition to that we've been part of some really large parades like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or the um Rose Parade in in Pasadena California I think as far as parades go the Rose Parade in in Pasadena was by far um the coolest event that that I've done we we uh pulled the float for the Oklahoma uh Centennial which was in 2007 Mm -hmm. And our float was actually two semi-trailers long. And it was when, it, when they had everything uh, sit up to the maximum level, it was uh, 35 feet high. We had a V8 motor inside to help assist the horses. So it was just a really neat uh, experience. Um, and then, obviously, um, in 2011, we were asked to take uh, uh, William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess, in a private, uh, parade at the Calgary stampede. And I think that that has got to be looking back. I I think I was just, you know, caught up in the busyness of it all, but looking back, that was, that was a, a really, really unique opportunity and something that I'll never forget. So.
2: Right. And, you know, social media played that out. We got to see pictures of of you and Bob and everybody. What was security like there? And, and when you look down and you're looking at such royalty and you say, hey, step up here on this wagon or this coach, what was that like? I mean, was there so many security people around that you did not get a personal moment or did you get to visit with them?
4: Yeah, I mean, the security was very heavy. It was, it was really interesting. We The security started for us a month prior. They had to do background checks and approve all of our staff that was going to be uh, part of it. Um, but we came down with the, with the hitch and we're standing there kind of waiting and we don't see any security around, even though we had to do a check with dogs and stuff before we went down to the area. But then all of a sudden I look up and there's security everywhere. And, uh, like right (laughs) before they got there and, uh, they showed up and it was very busy and timed out. Perfect. And, it had to be really quick, but Bob uh, Bob was with me. He actually rode co-pilot on the stagecoach that day, but he was down and and greeted them and got the chance to visit with them just briefly. Um, but I was standing up there or sitting up there holding the lines for the horses, so I just had just a real brief interaction with them. But but Bob got to visit with them for a second, and it it was it was pretty neat, you know. Even though we didn't talk and stuff, it was just neat to. have them on board. They're they're really, they're they're icons uh, for the whole world, really. So, yeah.
2: Well, that's neat. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about icons and, and Bob does such a great job of, you know, for a man of his stature, he's so giving. And one thing that he is passionate about and that you work with the Clydesdales with is the involvement with the Children's Miracle Network. So, give us a little idea on how Bob became active in that and, and how you use the Clydesdales to help with the miracle network.
4: Yeah. Um, you're right. Bob is like the, the most generous person I know. Um, and he loves giving back and, and I'm not sure how he got involved with children's miracle network. Um, but that is our foundation of choice to give to. And, uh, we, we uh when we're out on the road we do a lot of uh smaller events. We do parades and rodeo exhibitions as well, but we do a lot of smaller events where we let people get up close to the to the horses and do photo ops and sometimes do some rides. And when we raise money uh, at those events, we um, raise it on behalf of Children's Miracle Network. Um so everywhere we go, we're we're raising money for Children's Miracle Network. Actually, we did a event, uh, last week or two weeks ago in Florida, we raised $30,000 for children's miracle network there, um, which is, uh, huge. That's, I think that's our, the best event that we've ever done, but we have an annual goal of raising a hundred thousand dollars for children's miracle network. So we try to reach that goal every year. And a lot of times we do, but, um, um, in addition to just raising money for the kids, we do a lot of events at children's hospitals where we take a horse or two down, um, stand them right outside the building and allow the patients to come out and get photos and pet the horses. And And it's really amazing to watch the horses uh, interact with these kids because I, we feel like they know, they know the um, disabilities of the kids and they know that they've got to be gentle. And those horses are just so gentle with them and, so that is really uh, a special part of our job that we get to do to uh, just you know brighten up the lives of, of these kids that are going through these amazing struggles that we don't even can't even comprehend. So right, and um, I think, not only raising, I think one. Yeah. Well,
2: I was gonna say you have an outstanding crew t- too. Um, you have very family based, good valued crew members that. I could see any of your crew taking a horse to the hospital and and feeling the energy with the horses and the kids. So I think you sometimes get the spotlight because you're the head driver, but I want to send kudos out to your entire crew. And and I know because you need to be in so many places at one time you have different crews that will take their own trucks and trailers and horses and and you will kind of split and maybe cross each other on the highway but you're going in different directions but your crew is just as passionate as you when supporting events like this
4: yeah that's right I appreciate you mentioning them because they are they're fantastic I yeah Bob always says this and I agree with him you're only as good as your team is and Um, we have a tremendous team right now. They're, they're just outstanding. I, I wasn't we did a month long tour along the Gulf coast this last month and I was only with them for a portion of it. And I think they got more kudos and compliments when I was gone than we did when I was with them. And that's, that's what I like, like about them. You know, they, they strive to do a better job, uh, when I'm gone than, than when I'm with them. So they're, they're fantastic. Yeah.
0: Sure.
2: Well, and and another major role that you play in our draft horse industry is with the North American Six Horse Hitch Classic Series. And the finals for the past few years have been in Oklahoma City as part of your Oklahoma State Fair. And you and your wife, Laura, are very involved with organizing, with making sure everything is finalized for those hitches to come. You work from everything from the stalling to the awards. Tell us a little bit about why you feel it is so important to have such a strong presence in Oklahoma city to bring the finals to your hometown.
4: Yeah. um, Well, I'm on the board for the North American six or classic series. Um, So my involvement uh, comes in on one angle as a board member, but also uh, Bob punk, my employer, he, Uh, He a few years ago, we decided we wanted to host this event. And he feels uh, very passionately and strong about this event and wants to make it. Really, our goal was to make it the best event that there was as far as draft horses go. And we wanted to pick an all-breeds event because we wanted to um, support the whole industry with one event. And so that's what we've tried to do. We've just tried to improve it. Every year, I, like you said, my wife works really hard um, with me I, to uh, put on this event. But um, we do it because Bob is passionate about it, and I likewise am passionate about it. But we're we're really trying to um, trying to make it the best event in three different aspects. Um, Bob always asks people, you know, what are you motivated by? Is it is it money recognition? or work environment. And we took the same three things when we come to the show. We want we want uh, people to be motivated to get to the finals and to be at the finals, uh, whether it be the prize money. And we've tried to increase that every year and make that the best prize money that they could possibly win. Also, uh, give them recognition. So we've invited the General Giants every year to, to come and, and do a special episode on the finals and give everybody – really good uh, recognition and then also make a, a good environment and make it a fun show to come to because people want to come and have fun. So it's not all about competition, but it's about having fun while you do it. So those are the three things that we're trying to do and trying to be better every year. So
2: Well, and and it works. I mean, I, I am so fortunate to get to come out and be a part of your team during that finals week. And we just have to be enamored at bob he gets something in his head and he goes with it i know that you've been a competitor at the calgary stampede for many years and one of the things he loves there is the orchestra playing so a few years ago you know as well as i do Bob decided he was bringing an orchestra into play for the finals and so now we have the full tuxedoed and dressed black tie orchestra playing um another thing that i think is so exciting Excited that you've implemented there is the autograph session because after each night of showing the six horse hitch, there's a beautiful color pamphlet that spectators get for free. And at the end of the class, all the drivers line up outside and get to partake with a hands on with the crowd. And that was another vision of, of yours and Bob's to bring the public closer to these drivers. And I always say that the more you keep people involved, the more that they will pay attention the more they will come to shows and it's all about marketing and And you guys do a, a tremendous job there I don't think there's any sh- show that I go to where people walk away with so much thankfulness for being there and, and everything that you and Laura and Bob and Janine put into it, it it goes so I don't want you to think it ever goes unnoticed because you put on one of the top class top notch shows of our, of our industry but talking about top notch I'd like to know what is express Clydesdale have in store for the upcoming world Clydesdale show?
4: Uh, Well, I mean, we're, we're approaching uh, this year uh, as we do every year, maybe a little bit more um, excitement and anticipation. We we've, we've been trying to build a show, show team uh, to be as competitive as we can at the world show. And so um, we're excited about the, team that we have but more or less we're just going to go out there and try to do everything or what we always try to do and that's represent bob and express well um by having the horses as ready as we possibly know how to do so um hopefully that that maybe brings some ribbons but uh, regardless we just hope that we represent them well
2: and do you have a favorite class or a favorite part of these world shows because it is a week-long celebration of the Clydesdale horse and we're going to see guests coming from overseas you're going to see a lot of Canadians a lot of Englishmen Scotsmen coming Um, but the class schedule you know we're showing versatility from riding horses to junior classes to the open where you have the six and the eight horse hitches is there a class that is your favorite?
4: Yeah um, well that's right I mean the the class schedule. I was looking at it a while back and there's going to be something for, uh, most everybody on our team to participate in, um, which is exciting. My personal favorites are of course the six and eight horse hitch. Um, they're, they're challenging. I particularly really like the, the eight horse hitch, but the six horse hitch is, is usually going to be a really tough and competitive class. So, so the excitement and what we're working for is, is starts with the six horse hitch, but um, we get to benefit with all the other classes as
0: well.
2: And I believe that you are going to have a very fierce competitor. Your daughter Diana is going to be fierce in the junior division. So, you know, as parents, that's always fun to to watch and see their passion for what we believe in.
4: Yeah. Um definitely if I could get her to switch gears. Right now she's currently uh got into rodeoing and barrel racing. So <laughs> right now she's all about that. I'm like, hey, uh you gotta remember the the draft person here uh come summer. So <laughs> get her to switch oh. gears and yeah, she'll be excited about that.
2: Perfect. Well if people would like to follow up with the Express Clydesdales or as you said, you are representing those eight hundred offices. All across the country, how that's one question that I always seem to be asked is how do you get those express Clydesdales to your town, and how do you stay in contact with them? So, give us a shout out on how to follow and how to get the Clydesdales all across America.
4: Right. Um, well, you can. We uh, schedule our whole year out. So right now we're scheduled out till January first, uh, uh, twenty nineteen, um, but. You can follow that schedule either on Facebook. We try to keep updates on there, but also our website Uh You can see our whole schedule so you can see if we're going to come to your area, uh, which most likely we will. Um, but also the the way that you uh, get the Clyde Stills to town is going to be through your local express employment franchise. Um, we We almost uh, strictly only go to areas where we have, a, a express employment franchise and, and we receive those requests through that office because we want, um, all those offices to benefit from the, from the horses. So, um, that's how we put together our schedule. We obviously, we can't, we don't get to all of them. We turn down as many requests every year as we do, um, uh, attend them. So, it's hard and it's always, there's always a large demand, but we try to try to go different places every year and get new locations, uh, um, visited. Well,
2: yeah. Well, you do a great job of promoting and hats off as always to, to Bob and his crew and to you and your crew for being such tremendous ambassadors and tell your family hi in Oklahoma and we hope you have a great day and safe travels out there. Thanks so much for being a part of our show.
4: Okay. Well, thank you for having me once again. I appreciate it. All
2: right. All right. Again, we're wrapping up with Josh from Express Clydesdales. As he said, you can find them on Facebook at Express Clydesdales or at the internet www.expressclydesdales.com. If you are ever in Yukon, Oklahoma area, it is just outside of Oklahoma City, make sure to stop into the the ranches, uh, Express Ranches, a beautiful, beautiful ranch, the barn, the facility for the Clydesdales. There's a gift shop right there. And again, if you're at the airport in Oklahoma City, it's just about 25 minutes away. So make sure to visit the good folks at Express Clydesdales. (music)
1: Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of Draft Horse Country in Shipshawana, Indiana is your source for everything Draft Horse. Their large inventory of in house crafted harness, halters, and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons, and carts, horse care products, and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor, and the horse pulling competitor. You can find them online at com, as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness, or you can give them a call at two six zero seven six eight seven two five four. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything Draft Horse. Hey guys, guess what? Well, we...
2: Guess it's what? time. Guess It's what? time for that World Clydesdale Show. That's
1: right. It's 237 days away. Woohoo! hoo <laughs> <laughs> But and, he's counting, right? That's <laughs> and counting. The World Clydesdale Show is going to be returning to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin again this year, where it was previously in both 2011 and 2007. So obviously they love it a lot. And it happens every four years. And it's powered this year again by Chesapeake Petroleum. It is the crown jewel competition for the Clydesdale breed. And Madison is a great city, and they embrace the 2018 World Clydesdale Show with camping on-site, woohoo, and hotels for those like Glenn within walking distance of the facility. <laughs> More than 600 Bonnie Clydes are going to be on hand in these state-of-the-art facilities, encompassing 290,000 square feet of awesome indoor space. The World Clydesdale Show is proud to welcome Chesapeake Petroleum as its official title sponsor, as it does every year, and it does great things for the Clydesdales. And we're also excited to announce that an additional $50,000 in premiums has been pledged by Chesapeake Petroleum's Victoria McCullough, one of the breed's best, will be on hand vying for these premiums in well over a hundred different competitions. Class passes are available now, as are chances to at the wagon giveaway. Oh boy, giveaway. I like that. Don't worry if you don't have room for a wagon. You can auction it off at the show too. So stay connected as more details become available at cl- world show.com That's world show.com. Mark your calendar, October 24th through the 28th in Madison, Wisconsin. Make your plans and set your goals. worldclydesdaleshow.com.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Well, thank you also, Lisa, for joining us today, as always, on the f- on the first Thursday of the month. You can uh, subscribe to the world's foremost heavy horse publication at the DraftHorseJournal.com. Draft horse Journal helps us put this
2: show together, and it comes out how many times a year, Lisa? Four, four times a year. Four times it a year. It is the Bible of our industry. You're going to be, when the next issue comes out, you're going to be seeing all the sale reports, pictures of the top sellers from each of the sales and around the country. And I I can't stress enough. If you are not a subscriber to the draft horse journal, I don't know what you're waiting on. Please, please, please mail in your, it's, it's not much money. Go online, find it online and find them on Facebook, but make sure that you subscribe and support this book, this magazine that supports our entire industry.
0: You can visit Lisa at the Clydesdale store and more.com and follow links to today's guests on the show notes at horses in the morning.com. If you go to horses in the morning.com and scroll down in the middle of the page and click on the, on the little banner for that looks like, like looks like a draft horse. It'll bring you to all the past episodes that we've done of the draft horse episode here. Once a month, we'll be back here tomorrow on horses in the morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Jamie will be here and it's really bad ads day. So get your ads into Jennifer at horse radio network. Dot com. Well, I have to go play around in Wellington with all the fancy horses here, Lisa. That's what I'm up to next.
2: Well, <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I saw a bad ad, and I don't have time to submit it. But it was, it was in a catalog, and it was about a photographer, and the whole logo was "I shoot horses." <laughs> and it was a photographer's ad, but I said that is the dumbest catchline I've ever they,
0: seen. So I was, you I'm think submitting that. They got that. the uh, double meaning there. Can you say
1: context? They- Hello. Yeah, exactly. Context. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's <I> funny.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. And thank you to our sponsors: 2018 World Clydesdale Show, Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, the Clyde Store, and more. The 2018 World Percheron Congress, and the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale. All right, everybody. Take care. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.